What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Slam Dunk Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Jensen, alongside D'Angelo Starks, Kellen Voss, and Joe Belansky. Guys, it's great to be back. A little uh, little hiatus here for us, but uh, we're back and better than ever. Yes, sir. And there yes, sir. couldn't be more Pistons news to talk about. This- mm-hmm. It was good that we waited. It really was, yep. because we would have had to space it out a little bit. We wouldn't have got our full thoughts and everything. But now that everything is sort of... Uh, Falling into form, we have a we have a good idea of what this team is going to look like the the latter the latter part of the year. So let's start with that. Let's start with the biggest news that came out yesterday: uh, a Woj bomb that that got yeah. dropped. He he doesn't just drop a story right away. It's normally a tweet and a story that comes after. He'd been working on this uh, for days uh-huh. now. Um, that is uh, Blake Griffin and the Detroit Pistons are going to part ways. It's a mutually agreed upon uh, move. Uh, by both parties, and uh, it was something that we saw coming. I think as as Pistons fans, obviously we wanted to see a trade, and that's still in the in the cards. I think, uh, but I don't I don't suspect anybody taking on that contract of Blake's unless they can unload something just as terrible uh, money wise. Uh, so it looks like a buyout is uh, in the near future. But uh, before we talk about Blake. Uh, and him leaving the team. I mean, what he did for us in that 18-19 season was uh, something that I think as Pistons fans we're always going to remember, whether it be the 50-point game or him uh, coming back for those last two home games uh, against Milwaukee on one leg and just and giving it his all and, and doing that for the fans of Detroit. I mean, those are the things that are going to stick out in our minds uh, when we think about Blake Griffin's tenure here in Detroit. I, Kellen, I'll, I'll oh, let you man. take this I, one first. You know, I'll hear what you've got to it, say. It's, it's a complicated thing because, yeah, he had the 18-19 season, and it was it was great, and he gave his all for the Pistons. That all-NBA season was was incredible. But on the same hand, like, we, we knew this was coming all all season long. And mm-hmm. and it's it's I'm happy for the guy that he gets to maybe play a new um, basketball opportunity. I think retirement is not out of the question based on his injury history. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it, it was getting irritating. The back-to-back thing with him and Rose were like an hour before the game it'd be like, Oh yeah, he's just not going to play. That was getting irritating. Just, just seeing that price tag and being like, Oh yeah, he's just, it's just not going to happen. That, that was irritating. And that was getting to the point where I, I, I think I, I think we can all agree. He's, he's never, he's never, he's never really going to be the same guy that he was with the Clippers and, um, Sad to see him go, but excited to embrace the youth of this business team. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think normally when something like this happens, you'd use a phrase, uh, a bittersweet or, or something like that. You know, uh, I this is mostly just sweet for me. Uh, the Blake the Blake trade was was fun when it happened. It it, it brought some life into the franchise when it desperately up. desperately needed it. Who knows? Who knows how bad this this could have gotten if that trade hadn't come through? You know, I mean, but yeah, like you said, you know, he brought in some really Quite fun brutal. performances. He brought in a different uh, style. Uh, it sucks that he's he's not what he used to be, and he like he, he obviously never will be. Like you said, they, uh, I think for like the last week or so on Twitter, they've been talking about. I've seen like four or five different tweets about his last dunk that came in December of 2019, uh, which is now widely believed to be the last dunk of Blake Griffin's career, which is just a strange thing. Like eight years ago, you never would have thought that you would be saying that. Um, 
it's been a weird ride with him, and, and I, I don't really know how how to feel about it ending other than happy because it means that this this rebuild that is like already ahead of schedule is yeah just moving full force yeah, ahead. Yeah, and I mean, Kellen, you exciting. mentioned that trade when it happened. I think I think all four of us were actually together when it happened. We, we were on the set. After the whistle, right? Yeah, we were on the set after the whistle. We actually just got done shooting, and the news broke. And so I think Kellen and I, we were the ones doing uh, uh, the, the the show that day. And so we actually got to, I mean, sort of break some news on on uh, on after the whistle and, and get our get our thoughts out on it. And so, uh, yeah, that was a, it was a fun time to do that. And I mean, that we had a, a we had a ton of optimism after the trade was made. I mean, obviously, we're getting rid of we got rid of guys like. Or, or we got rid of uh, Tobias. Um, I mean, Tobias was the, yeah. Tobias and Boban were the big pieces. Uh, I think there was something else thrown in there, and then a dra- the yeah. draft pick as well that turned into Shea. It ended up being Shea Gilgamesh. Yes, yeah. yeah. That that's tough. That that, that had tough. to have happened, and I mean that was easily Stan Van Gundy's uh, worst move. Uh, in retrospect, that was a that was a really bad move. But I mean, at the time we. We had a lot of optimism about what the Pistons were going to be doing because, I mean, you're bringing in a guy who was a who was an All Star and he came in at least not right away, but that next season, that eighteen nineteen year, really was that All Star, that All NBA player that we were hoping for. And then, uh, you know, he had that full summer uh, to be sort of healthy, and it just, you know, it just didn't uh, it didn't pan out the way we were hoping for. And so, uh, it, it, it's it's it sucks that uh, that it has to end this way, but you can't you can't blame either party for wanting to, to part ways. Um, as far as the Pistons are concerned, they will have to pay this year's contract out if it's a buyout, obviously. Um, there's a chance they could recoup because that player option, there's no way he was going to decline $38 million. And you couldn't just keep him around and hope he declined it. So um, I think if you buy him out, you could get up to half of that back. You could clear up $19 million in cap space for next year. Which, that would be interesting. I think what it's looking like is it's going to be more about ten to fifteen million dollars that he's going to give back uh, to the Pistons. But either way, I mean, we were expecting him to be on the team and be a negative impact on the team next year. And so now that he's going to be gone, and we're saving a little bit of money, it's going to be dead cap, but it's only for one year. And it's not like we are gonna. It's not like the free agency class next year is. Um, is filled with, with guys that are going to be wanting to come here. Maybe there are some value guys that, that we can get. Um, I mean, Troy Weaver seems to – I mean, he's hit on almost every and every move that he's made th- this summer or, or this offseason, I should say. Mm-hmm. And so um, maybe there's going to be some value guys because we'll have that extra – I don't think we were going to we were going to have a ton of cap space next year anyways. And so um, it's looking like uh, we're, we're going to open up some, some different things to do, whether it be bringing in a bad contract for some picks – whatever, we're, we're going to have some flexibility next summer, a lot more than we were going to have if Blake was on the roster. Yeah, and, and the most likely thing for Blake um, outside of retirement, I think, would probably be a buyout, and then, he'd, like, he uh, just Brooklyn at, Brooklyn picks him up. That feels like feels like the right thing. I mean, Brooklyn is lacking depth in the front court. Uh, New York City is, like, the mecca for stand-up comedy. Like, it, it's it's – it would it would definitely it, it it makes too much sense for him to go to Brooklyn honestly um, yeah so I would I would say that 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 seems like the most likely option but yeah I mean this finally I mean Jeremy Grant's been playing near near to if not 
quite right at all-star status. Um, Josh Jackson's been exciting at the forward spot. Sadiq Bay just won Eastern Conference Player of the Week, first rookie to do it since Trey Young did two years ago. Um, and then, yeah, and it, you, you finally get to get a chance to see what Sekou is at the four spot. So, yeah, it sucks to see Blake grow after all he gave us in the 18-19 and 18, 19 season. But it's uh, I'm excited to see what the future of the Pistons is now. And this is actually a team that's fun to watch now. So. Yeah, it's it's just fun to know that, I mean, we can have a clear sense of who Seku is and, like, where he fits in the long-term plans uh, after this season, seeing as he's going to get more minutes now, we can get a real feel for how he's going to work in this team. And uh, as far as it goes for Blake, you know, I could see him, I think it's just going to be buyout and chase a ring, like you said, whether it be Brooklyn are going to set it out on the bench in L.A., you know, going back to L.A., yeah. not the Clippers, of course. Um, there's, a, there's a handful of teams who could use someone like him. I'm sure they'll, they'll make use of him. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, like, I, I could see, L- you know, see L.A. Like healthy, just, not healthy. Like, they don't really know. He re-aggravated it, you know, against the Nuggets. Yeah. That could be interesting. That's true. That's true. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even think about yeah, I mean, that. If, if AD is gonna, if AD is gonna be out yeah. six, yeah. seven weeks, or four to six weeks, or whatever it's going to be, I mean, especially with how the Lakers are sitting right now, I mean, they don't need to rush him back. They're, they're no. going to be at the top. I mean, they they've shown that no. they're they're working on new things. They're bringing in uh, some new guys from this, and they're still the second best team in the West. I mean, they're they're not the same team they were last year, and they're and they're playing like they are. You know, so the fact that they can you know take some time and maybe get some more play time for these guys, bring in a guy maybe like Blake uh, to fill into the four spot and just, you know, give him 15 minutes off the bench and hit some spot up threes and, and play make at the top of the exactly. block, you know, or, or whatever you want him to do. It, uh, it, it'll be, um, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Another guy that has been moved, that's opened up some playing time for Pistons, uh, young guys is Derrick Rose, and I know I know Joe will have some thoughts on him being reunited with Tibbs in uh, New York. But let's start with what the Pistons got in return. They got the Charlotte second round pick in return, which was the big uh, return that we were looking for. We wanted some good draft compensation. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get our second round pick. Um, that was probably too much to ask for, since it's going to basically be a first rounder at the at the end of the mm-hmm. uh, at the top of the second round. So that is going to be that was going to be tough to get but we still got that charlotte pick and we also got dennis smith jr a guy that wanted to go to the g league he basically got that going to detroit getting some playing time uh for the pistons and so <laughs> that uh, gives him an option to you know be that backup point guard behind Delon Wright. and i think it's going to be i think it's going to be a good experiment uh with with dsj to see if he can sort of find his way you know he he had a he had an okay rookie season in Dallas. Um, the shooting splits weren't great, uh, but ever since he got to New York, you know, it just he didn't seem like the player we expected him to be, or what I mean, even like a fraction of what we expected him to be. And so, be, coming mm-hmm. to Detroit and seeing the sort of prove it deals we've given to guys like a Josh Jackson um, that Jeremy Grant's getting right now, um, that is a uh, that's. Um, encouraging for sure go ahead go ahead yeah yeah i think he's 
He's a strange one. I, I I don't know how to feel about him. Like you said, the the pick is really the the thing here. Uh, but Dennis Smith Jr. There's still I've been something up there. Him. You know, he's he's an, a phenomenal athlete. Uh, I I don't think I, I I don't think he's that good of an NBA player. I don't know if he ever will be. But if there's any chance for him to find it and like get back into a basketball rhythm. It's here in Detroit right now with this team and the way that these guys are really coming together and playing together and are starting to figure out this system that works for them and these young guys. I feel like, you know, you give them a chance, and that's what Troy's going to do. Obviously, he loves athletic guys like this. Uh, so hopefully you're right, and he can kind of reclaim some of that pre-draft status that he had, you know, that type of player and that type of ability. I, I don't know if we'll see it, but it'd be really – it'd make this season even more fun if somehow yeah. Dennis Smith yeah. Jr. could and, put I it mean, all together. The, day, the deal is a – the deal is a it's, a it's a win-win for the Pistons. You get you get a guy who didn't want to be – you didn't – who seemed like he didn't really want to be in Detroit anymore out of Detroit. You, um, you can see what you have in Dennis Smith Jr. You kind of need him out of necessity this season just with the Killian injury and with the fact that Frank Jackson and Saban Lee are both on two ways – so, like, he kind of has to be the backup point guard, whether we like it or not. So, at the end of the day, we can move on from him in the offseason if he's not, right. you know, if, if, if he's not up to snuff. And if he is up to snuff, then he could be an exciting young bench piece to go with this uh, to go with this young Pistons core. Uh, the one thing that I'm going to remember about Derrick Rose's time in Detroit, the one memory that sticks out, and I tweeted this out when the trade happened. Um, system the, positive. The highlight, the highlight where he, he goes down and he has the turnaround – the fadeaway jumper from the free throw line against the Pelicans to win to game winner against the Pelicans. And he goes on, um, he gets, he gets with Johnny Kane with Fox sports Detroit after the game. And he says, excuse my English, but I was born to do this. I don't know if we're allowed to swear or anything. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Excuse my English, but I was born to do this shit. Yeah. Like you could make a case. Like it, it tells you how sad the state of Detroit sports is, but like you can make a case that, that was guy. the greatest play of Detroit sports in 2019. You really could. Like in yeah. that moment and having that encapsulate like the, the whole thing. And yeah, it was a random Monday night against a Pelicans team that didn't make the playoffs, but whatever. The guy was exciting and he was a reason this team was not fun to watch for a long, long time throughout pretty much our entire college tenure. They, we, we can be honest. They're not a fun team to watch. We watched them because they were the local team and because we grew up with them and we want to see them be no. more, but they weren't a fun team to watch. And Derek Rose, for the majority of his time with the Pistons, always made Pistons games fun to watch. So I commend him for that, and I wish him the best in New York, and I hope that that team makes the playoffs and he gets to have a couple more moments. Yeah, That's mm-hmm. just a D-Rose magic, man. He gets in there. He just plays the way that he <coughs> plays. Obviously, it's not the same, but he was, he's, he was able to bounce back in a way that I don't think a lot of people – expected starting in Minnesota and to see him have him in our lives so closely for the past couple of years was really fun. He's just a fun yeah. dude to watch play basketball. And I'll like, obviously we got to see him at the height of that, but to see him even do a fraction of that was still, like you said, the most exciting thing that we had as Pistons fans in 2019. So of course we're, we're, we're uh, we are glad we had him, but you know, it was it was time. It was time to part ways, just like it's time to part ways with Blake. It's just a, a different era of Pistons basketball. Um, I'm definitely gonna miss D Rose, but uh, like you said, it, uh, 
introducing this topic to us. Yeah. He's uh, reunited with Tibbs. He's reunited with Tibbs. And, and Joe, I that's can't fun. imagine you weren't excited to, to see that uh, on the ticker when it, when it came across. No, I think it was a good return for Detroit, too. It's like, I don't know. I haven't given up on Dennis Smith. I don't know. Maybe he got caught in the hype of, like, NC State and just, like, their freak athleticism. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, he clearly wanted out. So now it's maybe a fresh start. It was a win-win for Detroit, but yeah, dude, I don't, I don't wish for like many things, right? Like I'm pretty, pretty vanilla with a lot of stuff, but I wish for D Rose's happiness. But like, here's the thing, here's the thing. So if this is like towards the end of the road for him, which I don't know what his, what his contract was like with Detroit and what New York is taking on, but like with him and yeah, he's a free he's agent, a, this year. free agent after this season, correct? I think there's still something left in him. That'd be cool if he stayed in New York again. Obviously, he's familiar with it, but. When it's time for him to be done, I will forever, I will forever hate oh, the he's Bulls got if they don't sign him to a one-day contract and he retires his bull. Like, if they don't do that, like, there's a lot of stupid franchises in Chicago who've done dumb shit to ex-players. I realize as Detroit fans, you don't have to, you know, I don't have to tell you twice about that, but yeah, they, they better do that when it's time for D-Rose, man. Like, if there's any Bulls fan who ever says, like, like they're just stupid, like, Oh man, D Rose is the best, bro. And it's nothing but the best. And on on the New York side of things, a, a big injury just hit them. Mitchell Robinson well, is out with a hand fracture. He's out four to six weeks. There is a center that Derrick Rose and Tom Thibodeau are very familiar with. The New York yeah. Knicks are familiar with. His name is Joe Kim Noah. How great would it be, Joe, to have all three of those guys reunite and with Taj Gibson in New York? Taj Gibson's still there. I don't think Joe would have come back. I think he's just kind of uh, done. Hey, he came back last he year. He came back last year. Like, but I, I a couple games was, with the Clippers. It was maybe a little bit ago. He was on, like, PMT. And just, like, hearing him kind of talk about it, it seems it seems like Joakim is really done with basketball. Yeah. But even still, dude, for him, for D-Rose to go to New York and kind of mentor, like, Emmanuel quickly, who kind of no one really, like, expected to be doing what he's doing. Like, it's a good it's a good fit all around. Yeah. Like for the Knicks and for D Rose and like I said, bro, nothing but the best for D Rose. He's a man. And D Rose has shown that he's been he's he's good with being in that mentor role. I mean, it yeah, seems yeah, like I think he when... knows where his career is at. Like, mm-hmm. so I think you know when he gets in the room, then with somebody with Thibs who he's familiar with, like I think he'll just get more comfortable and he'll be able to do that like well. You know what yeah, I'm saying? You saw the videos uh, that you know yeah. some of the young guys would post on their Instagram stories or Snapchat stories or whatever uh, uh, days. I'm like days off. I mean, D Rose was hanging out with the young guys and that's, uh, that's who he wanted to be around. And it was nice. It's probably nice for those guys that, I mean, they probably grew up watching like we did watch D Rose do what he did in Chicago. And so being able to, to be mentored by a guy like that, who was sort of uh, had some rough patches uh, in, in uh, the league since his injury has occurred. And so he's sort of, he sort of has to take on this mentor role. Um, Killian Hayes, I mean, I think it helped him immensely in training camp uh, to have a guy like D Rose around to teach him a few things. And so, uh, yeah, for the for the young Nick gar- Knicks guards like uh, like Emmanuel Quickly, uh, R.J. Barrett, guys like that, he's going to be uh, not just on the court but off the court is going to be a, a huge asset for them. Oh yeah, that was one thing I wasn't uh, fully prepared for this season because you know sometimes those vets you draft uh, their replacements and you don't you don't get that kind of reaction out of them. Uh, so to see him take on that leadership role and yeah. really own it 
and own it to the extent that he did uh, is is really exciting for him. like just to know that he's that type of guy. I mean, we all knew that he was, but just to see him like really take that role to heart and want to do it and make other young players better is really exciting. And that's why people will always love him. And I'm sure those guys benefited immensely from it. And I'm sure quickly will too. Uh, Going back to the Pistons real quick uh, before there's, there's one little trade rumor I want to touch on, but um, Pistons won two straight first winning streak of the year. Mm -hmm. Are we going? Cause I'm, I'm cause you know, not the greatest luck. Not the greatest luck in the lottery, right? I'm not buying the Cade Cunningham jersey just yet, okay? I, I I think we should be a little worried that getting that number one pick is might be out of the cards. I know that if you're in the top three, you have the same amount of odds. But uh, it's I, – I would start – if as a Pistons fan, I would start looking at guys like uh, a Jonathan Kuminga or a uh, or a Jalen Green in these G League night games. I would start watching them a little more because I think that might be the more realistic uh, option we're going to be having here when draft time yeah, goes around. Yeah, and James Edwards touched on this um, in a piece that he wrote earlier this week without with all this, but um, and I think he touched on this on his podcast too. But like the Pistons are only three and a half games out of the playing tournament. Like it, it's not like it's not yeah. it's not inconceivable, and maybe this with the hardest maybe, with the maybe, hardest schedule. Maybe this is just our dumb Detroit sports sports fan brains like trying to spin this into a positive because they still have the like the worst winning percentage in the whole league. Well, not the worst winning percentage because Minnesota's Minnesota's a, a dumpster fire, but um, it's it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's you're you're excited to watch this team play but we're going to learn a lot about Troy Weaver in the next coming weeks because if if he if he ends up dealing Ellington and and the rumor that you were going to that you were going to touch on with Delon Wright um then 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 you then you go for a full tank but if you say hey let's ride this out and see what we have here then it gets interesting because the Pistons I and I want to hear Joe's take on this I don't think the Pistons are that much worse than the Bulls are they they're definitely worse than the Bulls, but they're not. It's not like I would I wouldn't put them like a tier in. I'd put them in the same like tier NBA in, in terms of NBA teams. I think that's fair. I think Chicago's a little ahead, right? Because there's already been some guys like again like yeah. you take like Levine. I mean Detroit has veterans too, but like there's there's a little a little more of a foundation kind of where like Detroit's kind of been like a slow burn while you're like getting hot. Where this was kind of like it's a clear and obvious turnaround. So I, I, I like if we're talking about like free agents, I think one would be more inclined to come to Chicago than they would Detroit, based upon Reed's is that. Oh, yeah. So I would put Chicago oh, yeah. a little above, but Detroit, Detroit's been hot for whatever reason. I think it's just, just a, you know, it's a decent team. These guys uh, are are good players, and some of the signings that seemed questionable at first you know there were people who weren't all in on Plumlee at the elusive there, there were there were question nice. marks across the board but was, like every yeah exact it finally happened uh everybody is playing well everybody on that team is playing well and they're playing hard on defense and when they play teams I just they play up to teams they're beating really really good teams and that's the weirdest part about it uh, the the first podcast we did before the season, Noah went through the schedule 
And I think we came away yeah. with the, so the fact, uh, hey, fact notion that we would have one win by this time. Way above. Against, against so, like big-time teams. Like, not, there's, exactly. not like they were playing Minnesota. It was, yeah. And there's some advanced analytic teams. that says, like, our sh- like like the Pistons have of all the teams in the NBA with the teams that have all like even with like Utah who has twenty wins, Detroit's strength of win is high like uh, of wins are higher than than a team like Utah. Well, Celtics who, twice they, and they, they needed a Jason the Tatum the other game day. Obviously, they beat the Blake Celtics. Griffin they beat to not get to not get swept. In the season series against Detroit, that last that, yeah. By the Pistons. the Suns, yeah. they beat they beat the uh, Lakers. The I mean, these 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 guys are. I think so. Dude, I'm I'm done they with the, the Sixers, Sixers once, didn't they? They're I'm the best team in the. Did I? Did they not? <laughs> they keep losing me money. What well, the hell? What, yeah, did you, you bet against them? Did you bet uh, against them for the for the Jazz game last night? Yeah, that was the only leg of my parlay that didn't hit. Well, yeah, they, were, like, they, they had nobody, and they were playing the best team in the NBA, Joe. Well, okay. Come on. I missed I miss, I miss that fact, evidently. I know, I, know we're, I know we're the Utah Jazz-hating podcast, but, you know, you got to give love yeah, what love is due. They just, like, are the yeah. hottest team in the NBA right now. Yeah, we – yeah, no. Yeah. We were just it's, we were just uh, wrong. You know, you can't you, you win some, you lose some. And so Yeah, oh. Yeah, that's, and the Hawks are The Pacers like, have come back down to earth, right so now. we still so, have that yeah. one. <laughs> our our Eastern Conference teams at least are, are pretty, right yeah, around where we thought rough. they might be. I mean, I don't know. What's going on with Boston, man? Hornets, Hornets are fun. fun. Yes. Are fun. I did fun. not expect Gordon Hayward to be Utah the Jazz. Gordon Hayward are fun. Didn't I keep forgetting he's there? Didn't think that was going to happen at all. Thought, yeah, yeah. That's the that's been the the surprise for Scary me. Scary Terry. Like, I, I is thought Lamelo averaging like close to twenty a game. Um, Devonte Graham. Devonte Graham's Terry's not been good, good this like, year, but like that hasn't mattered. Miles Bridges is Washington is good. Like that. Like, yeah. Miles Bridges has this weird connection with LaMelo that's just incredible. And yeah. that they'll just like they're gonna keep him around. Like a, just I so think he'll be a cheap option because he's for like, like he, the rest of his He gives career, you good probably. defense. He but he does like offensively he can slash. Yeah. He'll hit an open three now and again, but like he he, he doesn't do anything great. But it's just the it's yeah, hilarious watching that team because like, first of all, great. whoever does play by play on the local podcast, that guy's plus plus. He's like he's like He's like, in terms of excitement level, he was like Monday Night Football Joe Tessitore after like two Red Bulls. Like he just like it'll be like the it'll be the energy. second quarter and Lamelo hits a three to make him down six, and he's like Lamelo. It's like he hit a game. <laughs> yeah. It's like he hit a game winner. It's also hilarious watching the Hornets too, and like you just turn them on, and it's like, like, like Cody Zeller just his whole thing where it's like he could be your. Like dad's accountant, and it wouldn't yeah. shock you. Like it's just that it, it, they need to upgrade there. But yeah, that is they're a fun team. They're a fun team, and and as bad as as bad as the East is, and, and the East yet again is worse yeah. than the West is. But it, it, they're they're fun to watch. They, these these and they're teams, and they're really so, young. Yeah. So I think it's it's good for the for the East that yeah you're right they're they are worse than the West right now. But they're so young that 
these teams can I mean they've had the they've had the opportunities to build in the drafts because they've they've all been the teams getting high draft picks. And so um in years to come I think the East is gonna I think the it's gonna get, you know, a little more evened out here on both sides. I don't think it's gonna be LeBron the West. Has tire, I mean, I think he will here shortly. I think he's got four years left in him. You just don't want to stop, man. As much as yeah. I hate him, I respect him. You got it. He's so good. I don't understand. Like I, I understand, but I I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand. You got it. Like, at this point, you got to let it go, man. No, it's, it's how you can't you hate LeBron at this point. Like, you got to let it go. For Derek he's Rose, not hurting you. Like, he's not hurting you anymore. Up, it's like you know, I don't like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why like, he hates LeBron like, because LeBron destroyed the Derrick Rose years. He's just like, so corny LeBron too, man. Is the reason those teams never made the finals. Like, I don't know. Again, he's I, I respect him. Like I'll, I don't know. He, he's a great he's fun like to watch. But like, the, I've always liked him. Though, but. He is corny, man. Some of his in, some is of his he Instagram corny? stuff. Like, you know, like who's corny? Who's yeah? yeah. So many, like yeah. Russell but, Wilson. No, okay, is, Russell, Russell, Russell Wilson is corny. so corny. LeBron's he's lovable. Corny. Where LeBron, LeBron is like has corny. like LeBron's like no, I love no, no. That's he's not so good at corny. Football. That's annoying. That's annoying. Corny. Russell Wilson, like <gasps> that, Mister. And his, and, that was terrible. And his contract, he's his like, contract no. extension. He's not corny. I mean, he's corny. He's not funny. Like. Come he's on. so weird, but like Russell Wilson's mm. lovable. Though. I just Russell Wilson. I, 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 a, I, no, I like not. Russell Wilson. Like when he's doing that, that's not lovable. It is. No, it's like cringy. He's he's cringy. I think LeBron is LeBron's funny. A like, he's a yeah. Dad. LeBron I, LeBron is legitimately funny. Yeah, but I don't think. Yeah, yeah but like, but like Russell LeBron's Wilson is da- like too. Yeah, but Russell's but, like that regardless. Exactly. That's a it LeBron's dad injury. Exactly. Russell is like annoying yeah. dude who's like I, don't, I, don't I love Russell. I love Russell Wilson. Is, but I, He's like a dude who's like standing outside of a store like getting donations and he catches you and he like talks to you for like how 20 minutes how, about the goodness of the world and um, how is what you can do a beta, for it. Such a good no, leader I'm good on Russell player. Wilson. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't well, really no, the deep legion of boom. Sure, but like he's still even like the, like just the growth, like helping DK grow, like. But he's such a beta. But he's just, I love. Him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe they bought it. He got to a little bit. You gotta let them think they're comfortable. Nonsense. Mm-hmm. We'll move off of the. We'll, we'll move know. off of the Russell Wilson beta topic for now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll move off of that for a later time. And yeah, Delon Wright, he was mentioned in some trade rumors. Uh, uh, Delon uh, the Philadelphia Wright. 76ers are looking to upgrade at the point guard position. And you know, Delon, he's wanted to come to Detroit here for the last few years to play for Dwayne Casey and reunite with him. He's finally got the chance, and uh, Troy Weaver's about to ship his ass out because he's playing too damn good. So um, I was looking around. This is actually. I modified a trade that I saw because, you know, Philly, they they might want some shooting too. And we got a guy hanging out. He's old, Wayne Ellington, that he could ha- – he could se- we could send him over there too. So uh-huh. to make the money work, you know, we go Wayne and Delon to the Sixers and we pick up 
Terrence Ferguson, a guy that Troy Weaver is familiar with. He drafted in uh, Oklahoma City. We bring in Mike Scott because the money's got to work, and he's not really okay, in see. that rotation right now uh, too much. And, it, and from what Sixers fans are saying, they don't want him around at all. And uh, this, the, the Sixers throw in a 2021 second from, uh, via New York and a 2023 second. I, uh, you know, you add, you're getting rid of two guys that aren't really in your, in your rotation. You're adding two guys that are going to be in the rotation uh, for the foreseeable future. DeLon Wright also has an extra year on his deal, so you have him around for next year. And you're really only giving up two firsts in that deal or two seconds in that deal. If you're, if you're Philly. Yeah. I like it for both sides. Uh, I, I, I like getting, he's going to dunk Ferguson the basketball. And I'm, we know what Terrence Ferguson is, but it's an athletic wing. Exactly. Uh, and hopefully you yeah. can get him to play a little, a little bit of defense. You could cut, fine. you could cut him. Uh, you could Mike cut Scott. Him. I would imagine he won't play. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the picks, we we just want picks, second round picks, first round picks, whatever we can get. I think that'd be a good trade for Delon Wright. See, kick the tires uh, on, I'd take um, it. Dakota Mathias. Too. I'd be happy to see that. I would kick the tires on it because just 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 ask, just throw it in, see if you see if you could just because I, I I don't know I I liked him I liked him as a shooter at Purdue. I thought there was the one game this season where the Sixers only had like seven guys eligible. Yeah. He played well in that game. Uh, you know, we've we've heard Spee's name thrown around as like maybe a potential throw-in <laughs> with one of these trades. So he he's he'd obviously be a bit of a downgrade, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I I, I would I I've always liked him. I liked him at Purdue. I, I was I, I was going to say the same thing. I'm surprised you didn't want your boy Isaiah <laughs> Joe. Uh, no, you know I I don't know, man. I might have I might have been listening to too much Ryan Rosillo, honestly, with Isaiah Joe. I, I think there's just, some. I think there's a little something, something there. That I just, yeah, I don't know. He's young. He's young. He's young. Yeah. I I think you could still I think you could still get something out of him, and he's a good three point shooter. I mean, I I don't I I, I would. Yeah. I would personally rather have Joe, but I mean, if you get Mathai, I mean, you get another young guy in here to just I mean, load up your. Load up yeah, your G League roster for next season, like all means. I don't no. hate it, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I it. think Philly would be the best place to go for these guys. I don't know. I mean, I haven't looked into it too much as far as teams looking for a point guard or in need of a point guard. So I don't know who Delon because I think a Delon Wayne package will bring you the best return. Makes yeah, you need sense. to find a team that can yeah. that can take on these contracts and maybe send out something and. You maybe you get a late first and like a contract filler, may I mean, I, uh, that'd be that's best yeah. Case I mean scenario. that's because that, I mean Delon has been playing at a very high level, a lot higher than I think people were expecting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's averaging twenty points a game his last five games, uh, with the and he's distributing the ball, he's grabbing di- rebounds, he's always distributing solid the ball on well, defense. Yeah. I mean, he he's a he's a great backup point guard, and he's just he's he's, he's, he's yeah. the start. He's proven to be pretty, pretty, pretty important at the end of these games. I remember the the LA the loss they had to LA on I think the sixth. It was the day right before the Super Bowl. The loss they had against LA when they had were just going back and forth, and Josh Jackson was going off from three. And that overtime period, Delon Wright like had some he had some key buckets, and I think that like 
he could be really, really impactful for a playoff team that could use a third guard or a or a backup point guard. He could he could definitely have an instant impact. Maybe maybe like a Portland could use someone. Well, Portland, I don't know if Portland's cap situation team. is really weird. It, it's like it, Portland, it, Portland into it. Yeah, sucks. it's it's uh they it's they can't really trade anybody outside. Crap. Yeah, yeah they're so. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, I'm excited to see what because there's always teams that come out of nowhere, you know, that maybe we could come away with another piece like Dennis Smith Jr. or any of the guys we just talked about from Philly. I, I I'd be more than happy. I'm hoping we just see Troy Weaver go full wheel and deal uh, with all these old guys and just see what he comes away with. What were you saying, Joe? Says you could take Cristiano Felicio. No oh, thanks. Shit. No thanks. That makes me hard. Pass. That makes me so <laughs> mad, dude. That's so stupid. I can't believe. <laughs> how have we how have we talked this long about NBA without asking Joe about Zach Levine? Because that man is is on his way to his first All Star appearance, and you got to be loving that, right? Yeah, I've been I've been voting for him like crazy, and kind of like we were talking like pre show, like you know. There's there's a sect of like Bulls fans who say like trade Levine now that he's like hot and his value was high and there's like decide this like don't right there's only one right side like you can't trade him like I understand but you can only do this rebuilding retooling for so long at some point you gotta like want to win and right now the way Zach's playing right like him teaming up with Billy Donovan he's clearly getting the most out of him he's getting you know a little better at defense sometimes when he's hot he takes like dumb shots so like he could never really be a number one. He'd be like a number two. That I think number two is kind of his ceiling. So like, they're not that far away, right? And now that uh, Zach Levine is there with Billy Donovan, and that culture has kind of changed. Like what I was saying pre-show, like now they kind of can become a destination for free agents, right? Where they weren't like that. Right. They, you know, they got burned. They were used as pawns. Like, um, you know, the the first time like LeBron was never coming here during the decision. That Kobe, you know, they rumored that like. It was never a real thing. It was just used as a pawn. So Ryan Isdorf is the problem. Wasn't Mello was the one that was like the big one, right? It felt like Mello was kind of happening, well, didn't it? They like they like took him and traded him, traded him immediately. Like they, there was something where like they paid him a couple mil to like never even suit up. Like it was just like a train. Oh, oh I mean back like before Mello joined the Knicks. Like wasn't it yeah. like Chicago and New York back? Like yeah, that was a big thing too, dude. They were having posters of him out on like the UC, like. They've mm-hmm. always that's what I thought. They've always been used as pawns. Like it's never actually been it, and I think they finally can be it. So I think you got to keep Levine around. He's he's good piece to build around. Like I said, now he's finally he like he's still only twenty five. Like the dude's got plenty of ball left. Where mm-hmm. I don't know, it could work. Kobe White, I don't I don't know. I'm still kind of on the fence with him. I, I you know I think they need a they need a good point guard. He could be a good backup. I don't Strangely know. Strangely enough, another team that can use Tyrese Halliburton. Like I don't know. The, <laughs> I had a chance. Still out, in my opinion, and Kobe White. Um, I don't know. He has games where, like, they have the him and Zach Levine go off on the same night, and the sweet like a Zach and Kobe. I love it. Which is pretty good. It's a pretty. Those those are pretty good. It's pretty great. They're building. I love it. I I still don't know if like, I don't know if he's the guy. If he's the guard to a certain degree anymore, kind of how it's like positionless ball to a degree now the way the NBA has gone but but because I, I mean Joe because you guys have so many young pieces and, and Levine like you had mentioned is probably a number two in a on a contender or a playoff contender at the very least 
you have a young piece like a Kobe White, maybe you want to move off a of Lowry or Wendell Carter. You can move a draft. I mean, you have the ability to move a couple young guys and a pick mm-hmm. to maybe bring in a caliber of a guy. Maybe not uh, to take away the first option from Zach Levine, but maybe maybe get a guy where they can be like a sort of one A one B scenario with the two of them. Mm-hmm. If yep. if Kobe White isn't that uh, answer there at the point guard position, because moving him and Lowry, you still have Patrick Williams and the other and, and whichever big you yep. decide to keep, you still have some young pieces on that bench. Uh, some, some nice peach pieces as well. I mean, Thaddeus Young yes. is a guy I've seen a lot of advanced statistics about Thaddeus Young. When he's on the floor, that's the that's when the Bulls play their best. And so keeping him yes, around, he's and he's mind. still like twenty four. He's like fifteen. Years. He's all, and he's always still twenty four years old. Somehow, it doesn't. He's so yeah. He's so solid. I don't yeah, know how he's he, still doing. He just it. plays. He, he's it's it's he's like he's time lord. It's crazy. I saw. I think mm-hmm. it was. A, <laughs> a ringer article the other day where they're talking about like the Bulls, how they've improved using Thaddeus Young as a passer, like in the high post. Have you seen that in games, Joe? Where like in training, yeah, he'll like kick it out in three. Yeah, dude, like, he's like a quarterback out there, man. Like, uh, I don't know, man. He's just such a good veteran to have. I, you you love to see that, and like I, like I said, there's a right mix of veterans with Garrett Temple too. And I'm on the fence if we're talking like moving a big man. I think it's got to be Lowry. See, Wendell can't stay healthy though. Like, and I don't want to give up. On Neither can Lowry. I, I, I. It's I, not like Lowry is. A and you have, like and a, you have to pay. It's like the face you, of you have to health. pay Lowry this off season because I mean, like, someone's going to give him an offer sheet, and yeah, you, you have to like decide. I, that's a is fun, he worth that's it? That's a fun trade piece right there. Wow. I love. Oh could, yeah, I love. All right, right. That, that that makes that makes a little more sense. Like if. A team, a team would. I if, bet the the Suns is a fun team for Lowry. I'm not sure how their cap space situation works out, but like that's an instant upgrade from Kaminsky. Oh, yeah. like if there's like I guess like if there's no way he's coming back, right? Like if they were somehow like gonna be like, yeah, I'll come back, and then like they decide to sign him and move on from Wendell. But if there's no way that he would be coming back, then yeah, trade him. But. And you can still do a sign and trade this offseason. There's still a ton of potential there with Wendell, but and, and we've seen enough. But I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence. Yeah. You guys should probably just trade for Andre Drummond then. Trade both. Trade of both of them for Dre. Trade trade Dude. trade Laurie and, and Wendell for. That's <laughs> crazy, Drummond. man. Like that. This front office is looking like a genius for Patty Williams. That they do. That kid's he's so good. He's good. He's good. Yeah. He's yeah, good. and what's even better is there's a better version of him in this year's draft, which is awesome to see. Jonathan Kaminga. I he's he's really like he struggled. He struggled yesterday against the uh Wolves. But he's averaging twenty two I mean I think it, it went down because I think he only had like eight points yesterday. But coming into yesterday's game, he was the fifth leading scorer and it's like he's eighteen years old. Jalen Green's starting to heat up a little bit. There's some good guys in this year's draft. Like I think I think this uh this G League thing is going to be a lot bigger than it looked like yeah, it was going to be. It looks like yeah, it's going to work. Nation like, these guys are... Nix was not a guy that was on people's radars as like a first rounder and like now no. like he struggles defensively a lot out there, but um offensively like when he gets a guy on his hip and he's going to the bucket and he gets to decide what he has to do what what he can do in the lane whether it be lob it up to Dante Hall or Isaiah Todd or go in he can finish over guys because he's so. I mean, he's like a running back. He's like, I think he's six five. Oh, he's built like Kyle Lowry. He makes, yeah, he he makes like, Kyle Lowry look. He's skinny. a bigger Kyle Lowry. 
Kyle yeah. Lowry got a dump for real. Yeah, Dacian Nicks. Oh, but like not like the sheen. Yeah, like Dacian Nicks. It's, not at it's all. insane. Um, it's, and even even Isaiah down? even Isaiah Todd. Oh yeah, it's like it's like Mac Truck down there, but he's playing point guard. But he's like a point guard and like a little bit athletic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hope to. Right. I think teams are really going to value yeah. these guys. I think that these guys will have already played one NBA season. Basically, they're playing better than uh, college level players, and yeah. they're producing at this at probably a higher level than they would have in a college yeah. system. I think these guys are really going to benefit from it, and we'll probably see it. I love how they're more guys the games too. do like, it. The other day, they just had a random game on at like eleven thirty on a Wednesday, and it's like. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I know. we were like, all watching it, and like we were just yeah, like, exactly. you see these guys who are draft prospects, and you literally get to see them against. It's not like all NBA talent, but it's some NBA yeah. talent, and if it's not NBA talent, it's obviously right below it. So they're still. I mean, really that first good. game they played, they went up and against the Warriors, the uh, Santa Cruz Warriors. It was Jeremy Lin, Jeremy Lin, um, Jordan Poole, Jordan Poole. Uh, uh, there, uh, Caleb Wesson, who was a good, I mean, Caleb was, really was, good, Caleb co- Wesson, really good college center. So it's like you have these like uh, high level college guys and some guys that have had some time in the league that they're going up against, and it's like it's not it's not easy for an eighteen year old to go and do that. And right away, having the no. impact they are, it's it's really incredible. Um, I love that guys like Jarrett Jack and Amir Johnson are on Bobby that team Brown. Too. Like they have veterans on the team. Yeah. They have dudes who have just uh-huh. been around. There's this big. I, I don't know. Amir, his, I don't know his name. I can't remember it. Is Gabriel. It, is it that? I think I'm. He's I number twenty. He's a bigger dude, but he can stretch the floor a little bit. He defends down like, and it's good for the. It, he plays for the yeah, ignite. He, he's good, and that's what's good for the ignite team as well. Is that these the reason these older guys want to be there? Not only to mentor these kids, but also they know they're getting a lot of exposure because. Every like I mm-hmm. I haven't tuned in personally to any other G League games other than the Ignite games because I want to see what these guys are. I mean, it's selfish because the Pistons are going to have a high draft pick and I want to see what's going to go what, what these guys are going to have. But like, it, they're getting exposure too for a team that maybe maybe the Pistons if they need to grab a big they can go out and bring back Dante Hall or yeah. bring in this Gabriel guy that can stretch. Like like you have the ability to to put your value up and maybe. Maybe a team needs a point guard and doesn't want to go out and trade for a guy like DeLon Wright. And maybe they want to bring in Jarrett Jack because he's had so many years. And it looks like the speed's there. He's shooting. Oh, my God. It's, it's incredible what Jarrett Jack it, – <laughs> he, he went into a time machine and he's back at Georgia Tech. It's like – it's insane. It was really It was really strange to watch him just, like, tear up and put up 20 on a team without missing, basically. Yeah. Um, and you know he hasn't played in like two yeah, it's years. Crazy, and it's it's a ton of fun to watch. And so, um, mm-hmm. couple couple right. more things I wanted us to touch on. One thing that I was just gonna throw at you guys here at the end, but before we get to that, Draymond Green had some comments last night about the Andre Drummond uh, trade that is going to inevitably happen. The Cavaliers came out and said we're just not going to play Drummond, and um, uh, that really uh, Draymond took. Uh, you know, Draymond had some comments about it, you know, and uh, you guys, you, D'Angelo Kellen, you guys really were the first ones to to let us know. I, I saw a headline about it. I I watched it right before here. So, like, I haven't really been able to get a ton of, like, uh, mm-hmm. thoughts in on it yet. So, why don't you guys start and just sort of lay out what basically Draymond said. 
So Draymond went on a two-minute rant last night after the Andre Drummond news came out, essentially asking – he was calling out the hypocrisy of the NBA because um, over the past few years, obviously, we've, they called this the player empowerment era, and we've seen a lot of guys take their own destiny into their own hands, whether they were under contract or not. So, you know, we've seen James Harden this year. We've seen Anthony Davis do it. We assume Bradley Beal's going to do it any moment. Uh and he just called out the hypocrisy about um, the reaction to players doing that versus the reaction to teams doing that. Um, you know, players get fined. Players have to stay in shape while not playing games. Players have to be ready to move and sell their homes and move their families. There's a lot that goes into this emotionally and physically and mentally for players. And I think that he was just fed up because – Teams can say um, the trade deadline is what, yeah, March 25th, there. I believe. Team the, the Cavs can say the trade deadline is March 25th. It's February 15th. Andre Drummond, we're not playing you until we find a trade or February or March 25th comes, and we hope we find a trade by then. It, it's uh, I don't think it's it's too much for him to ask for the same treatment. You know, a team shouldn't be able to just come out and say, Andre, like at least fake an injury, at least put something on it. You know what I mean? Don't just say he's not playing because we we need to trade him. Um, if you're going to do the tampering stuff, if players can't talk about where they want to go, um, then teams shouldn't be able to openly talk about it either. It's uh, You can't have it both ways. I feel like you've got to go all in on one or the other. And so I don't, I don't know what the league's going to do about it. The players, and I don't think the players and the owners are yeah, going to no. ever agree on this when it comes to empowerment and players being in charge of what they want to do. Uh, so I don't know. I, mean, I don't know how this fallout, what I the fallout most, to this is going to be. The most inevitable thing be is Draymond's weird. probably going to get fined at some point. It, it, oh, without a doubt, that's going to that new. That new I, I'm going to guess yeah, fifteen yeah. to twenty five. But yeah, I mean, he Definitely. he hit the nail right on the head, and, and you touched on this. Uh, the moving part perfectly the mental health of that whole thing like the new like like we as Pistons fans we have a complicated relationship with Andre Drummond as a whole based on his time in Detroit but at the end of the day Mm -hmm. like in a in the in the last 48 hours it basically it basically came out publicly the Cavs said hey we're gonna go with Jared Allen to start and Drummond you're just flat out not Mm -hmm. gonna not gonna play until we find a trade for you and like, what if they don't find a trade for him? Then, then you know, like, that's got to mentally weigh on a guy, and and to to do that and to have him like like be he has to like if he does any sort of negative connotation, if he if he if he like pouts on the bench, if he's makes any comments after the game, he mm-hmm. will be seen as a cancer in the locker room. He will be seen as a as a problem that 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 is hindering that young team. And that could jeopardize his entire career at that point. And so that's this that's the part that Draymond harped on is he's in this we- it's this weird, awkward stage mm-hmm. where he has to stay in shape and he has to say all the right things and he has to, you know, it it just feels it, it feels very, very icky. It feels very it feels like too much power that the general managers and the owners have um from that standpoint. Um but yeah, I mean I, I hope the best for Andre. I yeah, a trade a trade does not seem super likely. I've heard rumblings that the Raptors have been keeping players, which I would think the Raptors are interested. Yeah. I think that'd be a good situation. 
for him. But mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I, you know, I hope, I hope it gets better for him. And, um, you know, it, it, it does, it, it the Gr- Draymond, I hope some actual change comes out of this from what Draymond said. Cause yeah. yeah. There definitely needs to be some change. You're right. And um, I don't believe that, you know, when players are are asking for trades, like it's a business decision, you know, they don't feel like they're in the best for themselves. They don't feel like they're in the best um, situations to compete or to be successful. And so they're making a business decision because, I mean, Frank, it's a business. You're getting paid lots of money to do what you're doing. So you need to make, you need to do what's best for yourself. Yeah, maybe at the time when you signed that contract, you thought there like you can only do so much as a player, right? You mean you need to you need to hope that your GM and your owner are are open to bringing in the types of guys that that are going to help you be successful. So for the player side of it, you they definitely need to uh, uh, take it a little easier on them as far as mm-hmm. uh, finding them and um, the. Uh, what we think about them uh, cancerous in the locker room, as you guys say um, that, that, that's that part of it, just because you uh, want to trade doesn't mean that you're a terrible locker room guy. It's just, you don't want to be there anymore. On the other hand, I do not fault the team for uh, doing this and sitting him out because for them, it's also a business decision. Mm-hmm. They want to get the best value they possibly can. And right now, Drummond is playing is, and is having statistically one of his best seasons of his career. So you don't want to hurt that value that he has. You don't want to risk injuring him because you want to be able to get as much as you possibly can in return because the Pistons traded him last year and he was having a really good season. They got a second-round pick in 2025. Like – that's and, and, and two, two guys who are not players. in the league like, anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so um, that's all they were able to get for him. So Cleveland knows that the that the price tag for him is not very steep, and they don't want that that price to even get smaller because they. I think I personally think Jared Allen is better fit for almost every NBA team than Andre Drummond is at at the center position. Oh, without it. And so. I think it's smart for them to want to play Jared Allen ahead of Andre Drummond. And so if you're just going to bench Andre Drummond, that's, mm-hmm. I think, th- and just and play him spot minutes, like like a bench player, maybe 15 to 20 minutes a game, that's I think pretty- that yeah. hurts his value more. Yeah. Yes, it, that's going to hurt his value more than just sitting him. So while I agree that what they are doing, what, what the NBA and the league does uh, to punish these players because they're speaking out and wanting to do something different is wrong. I don't necessarily think that what the what the NBA is doing is wrong because it's a business decision both ways. I think you you made great points on both sides of that. Uh, I think the the main thing that Draymond was trying to bring to light, at least it seems like to me. Obviously, I can't like say what he was thinking and what his his goal was but i think a lot of the times we we go straight to that mindset that noah was talking about you know to the this is a business you know these players are are they're in contracts they're here they're working you know they're getting paid a lot of money for what they're doing but i think a lot of the times we forget about the human aspect of it and just because these guys are making millions of dollars uh doesn't necessarily mean mean they have to uh suffer and you know be just like not happy because of it you know what I mean I think that's why we've seen a lot of the stuff that we've seen that's why we've seen a greater emphasis on mental health 
Um, and I don't know. It just seems like that's what he was going for. You know, he's like worried about the players and like worried about like what a player like Andre Drummond is going to have to do, like having to just basically work out for a month and not play games and then get traded and be expected to contribute to a team probably right away. Uh, I don't, there, there's, a, there's a lot that goes into it and I'm not even really sure how you fix it on both sides of it because there are some issues with how some players go about this. Um, but for the most part, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, do you think there's a way that this can easily be fixed? Can you do the same thing to teams that you do to players? Do you just, do you find them more money if they do something like that? I don't, I don't know. I don't know you what the solution set, is, but I, I, I think that yeah. before, before any change has to happen, you have to, you have to, you have to set an example out of some team. If you, you could, if you're the NBA, you could say you, if, 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 if you were, if you're Adam Silver, you could come out and say in the next couple of days, like we are going to find Draymond, but we are going to look into this Cavs situation, do an internal investigation, um, maybe, and then, and then find them throughout the process of, of where it went wrong and then have them be the example. But it, the numbers got to be something to make the owners and make the GMs actually like think about changing something. Um well, like, how is this different than, um, like, how is them deciding to just sit him for a month for, for really no reason other than wanting to trade him? I think the point Draymond was trying to make is, like, how is this different than, yeah. like, what Harden was prepared to do? Like, Kyrie taking that mental health break. Like, how is it different? Like, why are we – I think he was just trying to figure out, like, why we're so okay with a team just sitting someone down because they're doing what's best for them. But when Kyrie does what's best for him and his mental health, you know, yeah. people freaked out about it for two weeks. Right. And I think that's the part of it. It's like how the media reacts to this stuff. So I think he was talking a little bit to the media and a little bit to the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. This It's it's also weird. I don't know how you deal with the – I don't think the, the, the Cavs did anything wrong either. I think it's more just – in general, figuring out how to how to deal with this yeah. in the same way every single time, yeah. so that you can't have it. And confused. then, even though like Kellen Fury said to like to like set an example, then the rough thing is too is like you know, say they set up like the rep, you know, like the demands, or whatever. Is it for show or are they really doing it right? Like then that that becomes like a whole mm-hmm. thing too. It's like okay, we're gonna make an example of the you know the Cavs. Are they actually implementing it to change something, or is it just like look at us? We did what you wanted us to do, so I think that's like that's rough too. To de- yeah. if right. something were to come of it, it's like hopefully you could sniff the bullshit from a mile away. And I think if it is, they're they're just putting themselves deeper in the dirt. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. That's a really no. good point. It can't be a half measure. It yeah. definitely can't be. I mean, I think I think a good idea. I mean, is there a way that they just? I mean, don't find teams or individuals for things like this because it's just it doesn't make much sense to me making fines when it's when in reality it's a business decision it's it's not they're not doing anything that is detrimental to the league because i mean if the fines are going to be twenty five thousand dollars for requesting a trade no one guys that are making 30 million dollars aren't going to bat an eye to that you know what i mean no so um and, and teams likewise so What's the point? What what kind of example? What, 
you you obviously aren't setting an example it, by finding these players because it, it's not going to stop. No, so, and the, the so thing what's, is, what's the point of keep of, of keep doing it over and over again and making it and and making the the players uh, not yeah. trust? I think I think too, like the exactly. league just needs to embrace and, that, like the players kind of run the show. Mm-hmm. Like it's very clear, like they need to just embrace it as opposed to all this like pushback and just hurting themselves, right? Like. And it's, it's no fault of anybody. It's just how the game shaped. But, like, the players call the shots. Like, yes, the owners well, the, own the teams. and But, like, it's run by the players. Like, the league just kind of needs to embrace it at this point and not push back. Yeah. You know, it's like any kind of, like, recruiting scandal with, like, college football. Like, we know this shit's going on. Like, just just let just it happen. Let it ha- yeah. yeah. Just embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the confusing thing about it is, um, you know, we live – in this world where the NBA is 24 seven, it's all year round, you know, Woj is dropping bombs, even if it's the off season, any day, anything big can happen in the NBA. And a lot of that is because the players feel more empowered to, to like change their own situations, however they can. So like, in in a big way, the NBA has like this year round content machine, thanks to players and people on the move. So it's weird that they like also benefit from this while still mm-hmm. finding but, players. And, and, I don't and the media know. aspect it's, it's of so it benefits so from it different. too, because it's like if I'm a if I'm a Cavs fan, exactly. I'm logging on to Twitter, I'm logging on to all the sites uh and, and mm-hmm. looking up drum and trades. I'm I'm on looking up drum I, I You've got yeah, content. I'm reading the tweets yeah, content exactly. for it's weeks. A, it's an endless it's an endless cycle. Like mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. You're having you're having an a, a viewership issue, which there's I don't think it's a huge issue. I don't. I mean, yeah. You you got you, D'Angelo. You and Kellen don't are not a part of the viewership because uh, there's a legal you, viewership issue. There's a legal first viewership all, issue. Yes, but all, there are people watching games. TV. Yes. Okay. I do pay for NBA TV. Okay. I, I okay. know. I do. I do. Don't give me the quote mark. I do like I will I will post the receipts. I pay for NBA TV. It is they they have so many good classic games on there. They they have actual games on there like two or three oh, times yeah. a week. I like the shows that they that mm-hmm. they have like pre and post game. Like I actually pay for NBA TV. But yeah, I mean, Steve the Smith streaming on thing, the streaming thing. Is, <laughs> and, and if we want to, if we want to get into a whole bigger conversation yeah, yeah. about this, like the fact that every single primetime NFL game is on one of the four big networks, but when but when you know. Um, but tonight the Nets and the Suns are playing on ENT and it's like, who, who like either, either you have a, you have a $200 a month cable package to be able to watch TNT or you're a broke college. Shout out to my parents' house. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta exactly. know somebody with a cable login. That's how you do hey, it. YouTube, YouTube TV is a uh, bomb. I just want you guys to know that 65 bucks. No, and and just to even like back to like the NBA thing, like it's pretty good. So I'm yeah. I'm just saying it as far as the that's streaming service goes. No, back to the NBA no, thing. I get it's like a different like industry if you want to call it, but like say I, I, you know all four of us we don't like where we work. We could pick up and change where we work, right? Like that's so it's like how exactly. is that any different? Again, I get it. it's sort of different, but in a yeah. normal because there's, a con- yeah, there's contracts get, involved. It's legal. There's, it's there's yeah, some, you know the... footwork and stuff like that. And again, it's just sort of it's a business, but it's not run. It's run differently from like other businesses, but yeah, it's like, I don't like where I work. I can pack mm-hmm. my bags and just go somewhere else. And, when, and nobody bets and I, nobody right. says yeah. boo. So again, they just kind of need to embrace yeah. it as opposed to just push it. Yeah, back. They're, at a, like, just, they're at a key 
this is a this is a this I think is a big I think so time too. Silver right now because because they've they've gotten a lot of pushback about how they mm-hmm. handled the pandemic. They've gotten a lot of pushback about pushing for an All Star game, which just flat out shouldn't. The All Star game, like, why it, is there an All Star? It's so game? stupid. Just, just, just name so All Stars. Just right? name All Stars. Have them play exactly what the NFL other. did. They had Pro Bowl. Yeah, that'd be fun. It'd be fun to watch. Well, I don't know. They did do a 2K tournament. You know what they should do? Like, oh, it was kind of fun, Zach Levine. They could, they could, it wasn't that bad. If they want to yeah. drive up this content machine that we've been talking about, instead of having the All-Star game on All-Star yeah, Monday, like, what you do yeah. is you still have the draft between Giannis and Curry, between Curry and LeBron or Giannis and LeBron or whoever. You still have the draft, so you get that content. Then you, like, give the players their virtual jerseys and then maybe you can tie in like a charity aspect to it. Like, oh, we're going to donate the money that would have gone to the All-Star game to, you know, this local food pantry or mm-hmm. this local restaurant fund. Like, that would be the best way to yeah. handle it, right? Like, that, they're, obviously, they're going to lose a little bit of revenue from not having the NBA All-Star game. But it's like, guys, diehard NBA fans like us are going to worried about their pockets. whether there's an All-Star game or not. They... So, like, it, it, yeah. In all fairness, they probably have – they do have to be worried about their pockets right now. You know, they haven't had no, fans. No, yeah, in for stadiums. sure. But even if – And I get that, but, but pushing for an all-star game in a pandemic when the league has I mean, already the had playing. The, the a playing ton of COVID because, issues. Yeah. Aren't playing tonight because the Spurs had three people yeah. test positive. The fact that they're pushing for that. I just and they're not they're playing the three games. They actually aren't playing their Dallas game either. Pistons aren't playing against Dallas on Wednesday because uh, oh no uh, because of the snowstorm and uh, there's a state of there's a state of emergency. They don't know what to do. So they're making them stay home. They're making them stay home because it's unsafe. Did you see the crash that happened the first day the 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 storm came? It was terrible. It was like Uh -uh. like I think double digits double digits people got. I just like. I just think it's ironic that these little drops of snow are making people what? stay home because it's unsafe. But, you know, the thing that's killing a ton of people across the nation. That, you know what? Play, play just play go, go and do what you want. Who cares? It, hey, it's, your, it's your life. Here's a, it's, we'll bring, it's just, we'll bring it, guys I think it's, from it's just 30 cities from across the league all into one all into locker one room. arena. <laughs> yeah. Here's... Here's what I don't understand yeah. though. How has like the NBA like they make so much money? How did they not have like some kind of like secret pocket fund, right? Because even if like if they're worried about that one bad year, well, like that money's gonna, not going to go gonna away. Happen, though, like I mean, I, I don't think it's like medical experts. Have, gonna, I mean, yeah. their revenue is preposterous. Like they're probably they're probably in the green than most leagues when it's all said and done. Like people just love NBA, so it's like. Woo boo hoo! One bad year, that that money's still gonna be there. So the All Star game. Well, I think they lost a lot of money last year too. With like how fast they had to throw together, you got to think like how much they probably put into that bubble and making it happen and keeping it going. Uh, Uh They probably aren't doing as well as you think. Um, No, but I get that. But again, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think they're the second biggest major sport, but I mean football. The NFL, money but, wise, but it's not, it re- it's yeah, they there, they blow. You know it what I'm saying? Like people all over love basketball. Right. Like they're if it's gonna be there, they're gonna watch. I agree. I would just assume. Yeah, yeah. I guess like I guess I guess worldwide. Yeah, I can get, but like 
it's really in the stadiums is where there mm-hmm. is where just individually teams are losing money. I don't think the league in a whole, because I think, I think viewership is probably yeah, up this do year because you can't go to games and watch it. So I think that's helping, but yeah, it's just, there's a lot of things that the league needs to address. And yeah. I mean, now is kind of the time to do it. And so it, it'll be interesting to see the last thing I kind of, I didn't talk to you guys about this before, so I might be throwing a wrench into our plans a little bit. But I, I figured, you know what, the NFL draft is the NFL draft is coming around, and so I've been doing a lot of mock drafts. And so I've just I've been finding some guys that I really like in like uh, some later rounds and stuff, and even in the first round. And so I I thought the next few weeks, next few next few podcasts we do, we sort of at the end of the podcast go through a guy or two that maybe, you know, interests you in this draft, whether it be a first rounder, whether it be, whether it be that late round guy that might, might uh, shock some people. And so um, I can start if you guys need to look up a few names or, or whatnot. And so uh, the one guy real quick, got the first friend since we were talking about like team finances and stuff. So like a couple weekends ago, like me and my buddies yeah. just got like super drunk and we're playing old video <laughs> games, right? Like PS2 games, like we just having a good old time. So like since then, I've been on like an old like system kick. I'm doing a franchise on Madden 06 on GameCube for the Bears. Taking over, they've been nothing oh, but in boy. the green. When I took them over, they were like negative 50 million in the red. I'm just kicking ass and the fans are loving it. And I'm finally making positive. That's incredible. I single-handedly turned the Bears around. Dude, I had some, had one loss. Like I was we, killing teams. Like is it sixty to fourteen? Like one game, I put up like one hundred ten against the Browns. Like I just been kicking shit because this Madden no It's so easy. You just and it scores. What? What was it? What was video it? Video games peaked. That like all these video game. They're like NBA Live Six, greatest NBA no. game I've ever played. Madden Madden 06, go. That was NCAA great, yeah. Road, uh-huh. Road to the Heisman. That was 2006. I mean, was those, those three are the, the pinnacle of video, right? uh, sports video games. Oh, okay. No, that was uh, Desmond. Yeah, I mean, that like those three video, like those stick in my head. For, like NBA Live 06, I will, I yep. if I could... Oh, yeah. Get a place, uh, PlayStation Yo, Two. Break news go back and play that. I would do it in a heartbeat. Super relevant to the podcast. Sham Sharania, new game being worked on for the Ooh. NBA schedule on Wednesday. Detroit versus Chicago. Ooh, ooh, hey. Me. I didn't hear any of that, but yeah. Shoot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Yeah, you I didn't hear anything on Wednesday. Is Chicago and Detroit? How that that could not be more relevant okay. for this podcast. So sorry, perfect, to, awesome. Didn't mean to first Dude, year draft bubble. Exactly. All right, let's talk about some draft no. nostalgia bubble. Yeah, let's let's get some guys. I'll go first real quick. The one guy that I in the second round, it the Lions still need to get a defensive guy. They need to go Jabril Cox at LSU. He PSU transfer baby. He's he played in North. Yeah, he played in North Dakota State. He was a stud in North Dakota State. I think he was the FCS defensive player that of the FCS year once or twice. Dude. Yeah, and so he comes to LSU. Um, struggles early on, but really, really gets it going there at the end of the season. 
233. He is one of the best coverage guys in this in this draft, and that's exactly what the Lions need is a coverage backer. And so to get a guy like Jabril Cox in the second round with good size, good speed, and can do just about everything for you, I think that would – like he is the one guy that I have tried okay. to get in every single I, uh, draft. I'm always in for a coverage linebacker. Uh, obviously, I have my heart set on another coverage linebacker, but if we don't get that guy, I, I'd be more than happy with that. Yeah. Pick. Um, Honestly, the five like the draft yeah. network has five guys in the top forty at linebacker. I'll take any of them, any of the five. After that, I, I worry about the depth of the linebacker class a little bit. Like like Cameron McGrone's at fifty, and like I. I don't know. I I just don't I don't see it with him. I mean, maybe you take a chance on Dylan Moses late because he's ranked ninetieth. Uh, a couple of Ohio State guys are like in the mid sixties, mid seventies. But yeah, I think the top of the linebackers yeah, class, I, you I've, need to get um, one of the top. I lines, think I read somewhere. I think it was Matt Miller on Twitter. Um, he really likes Nick Bolton, and he thinks he's going to rise a lot in the draft process. Um, oh, a couple yeah. guys. I, I'll try to get like more in depth and not pick like a couple first round guys next time. Um, but I'll just talk about two guys that I really like that I haven't talked about much yet. Um, there's two really good corners in this class. I like Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech. Both corners in this, the, both the top two corners in this class are six two, so they've got great size. Um, both are locked down. I think I saw a tweet the other day of him just talking about how he wants to be a guy that follows receivers and not just follows a guy one game. He wants to be the the guy that follows receivers every single game, week in, week out, and he wants to be the guy on the number one guy on the other team. I just love that mindset. I love his size. I love his ability to cover, and I think he's going to be really good. And then, uh, obviously, the Senior Bowl was not too long ago, and there's a bunch of guys that came out in that process and had a really good weeks. Uh, but I don't think anybody uh, at a skill position had a better week than Kadarius Tony. Just like watching what he can do to get separation and how fast he is running his routes. He's dangerous. Whatever team that like, if somehow the Lions end up with two first round picks and they could grab this guy in the set in the late, late half of the first round, uh, it'd be you guys would have so much fun watching this guy every week. He's he's a monster with the ball in his hands. He comes in at exactly six foot, but he's those type of rec- he's that type of receiver that just thrives in the league right now. You know, he's fast. He can beat you vertically. He can beat you horizontally. And if you put the ball in his hands, he's going to make plays. I I like him a lot. I'm excited to see where he goes. Like coming out wide receiver, like a second round pick, right? Like because the Bears are at fifty two for a second round. I like he's Rondale good. more. He's really right. Yeah. Like, I don't, he, he had a weird kind of career yeah. at Purdue, right? But like he's still dynamic. He's not like crazy big. He's, he can do a little bit of everything. He could be in the side. Five, he play he's five I don't know. Nine, if he's available with 52, the ball in his hands. Yeah, like that's. Mm-hmm. But like he's dynamic, right? So like, yeah, it sucks that he's not that big. But we're kind of seeing, you know more players like that, more receivers like that. And, again, I would expect that Allen Robinson leaves. So this draft has to be wide receivers mm-hmm. and offensive linemen. If they take anything else other than those two <laughs> positions, I'll be angry. Every chance to get wide receiver, offensive linemen. 
because and then especially too because they're going to end up overpaying for Carson Wentz. I could talk myself into Carson Wentz, but I think they're going to overpay. I mean, I realize like Philly's being stubborn right now, and in Chicago and, and Indianapolis are both kind of you know sitting there like, what the hell? Like, let's go. So kind of maybe driving the price down, but I I think Joe, how would you? I just think Pace is going to be too quick to want to try to fix a mistake, and he's going to overpay. But then I'll talk myself into it, and there are I'll there are other options at court. Like, uh, how do you feel about Derek Carr? He's probably available. Would you rather have him than Wentz? I'd rather. Have I was him seeing. Than Wentz there, I was personally. seeing like Oakland saying he I've, wasn't. They're not Oakland. I've. I don't know. It seems like he's available. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's not. But I. I would. Maybe. Like, I don't know. Derek Carr. Yeah, he could work. Like, but. No, I just want any you to kind stop of option thinking like isn't Wentz, great, man. but it, like <laughs> I can't though. Like, and I know he like I realize like again it has to be low risk high reward, but it's going to be yeah. high risk low reward is what it's going to turn into. But maybe he's it. But again, and then at that point, like if you're going to bring in somebody like once, right? And again, it's not going to work money wise. But then you almost have to bring in somebody like a Rob, right? Like, because if you're bringing in Wentz, you're still like, right. we're not going full rebuild. We just got to fix some things and we'll be there. So, like, you still need that piece. I but just, I don't, I don't think he's coming back. With all the PFF stats, like, he's always near the top. Like, the dude is a dog. He's a good wide receiver. So, if we're going to commit to this kind of just tweak and let's keep going, he has to be there. Because Anthony Miller is not it. Darnell Mooney, he, he, I like him. I think his future is bright, but he's not going to be a number one. Right? So, you bring in say Carson wins, Derek Carr, who the hell is he going to throw to? Hopefully maybe Cole Komet will get involved more and he can maybe kind of turn into that Gronk, you know, Travis Kelsey type. I realize that shooting high, but like that sort of similar style of play. That's what you, I mean, that's what you have to hope for when you I take know. A, a tight end in the first round. So, Yeah, like again, yeah. Th- this is a draft of wide receivers and offensive linemen. <laughs> and I don't have faith, but the, the quarterback thing will be somehow taken care of. Yeah, it's uh... – I don't know. I don't even know what you should be hoping for, honestly. I don't know what the best outcome at quarterback for the Bears is right now. Like, and think about it, though. Like, it makes sense. Like, you move you move uh, Nick Foles back to Philly. He mentors Jalen Hurts. I love Jalen Hurts. I wish the Bears would have taken him. That was stupid, but hey. Right? Like, so you have Foles mentoring. Like, it makes mm-hmm. sense. But then again, it's what version of Carson Wentz we're um, going to get. The bad one. Like yesterday, the, yeah. the Bears new interview that fired me up. The Sean yeah. he gave a really good yeah. interview. I'm I'm excited for the defense. So the other side of the ball just needs to catch up. But that's always how it's been. It's the life of a Bears fan where it's like it's they're just never on the same level, and that's our downfall. It just it works for some teams, but not with the houses slash McCaskies because they're dumb dumbs. And as long as they're owners, nothing's going to change. So it's just a continual circle of shit and we're just going to keep hanging on to 85 until we're all dead and the earth no longer it's got really dark really fast fast. and we'll be like that they'll be like man that 85 team in terms of the draft stuff i'm going to take a pass this week because i haven't done any research i've been so enthralled with nba stuff i want to I want to do proper draft research and properly do this segment correctly next week. So I'm going to, I'm going to take this one out and do some, do some research. Okay. 
I'll uh, I'll pick okay. up I'll, I'll pick up for you then because I got another guy on the defensive side that I I've watched a little Pretty tape good. on and uh, it's Javon Javon Holland uh, out of yep. Oregon. He's a safety. He really lined up anywhere on the on the Ducks defense. It looked like uh, whether it be corner safety, a little bit as a linebacker, but he's not really that uh, uh, a Wosu Camaro type where he can play all over he he's mainly in the secondary and um i think that's a guy that the lions uh are going to want versatility wise um he's he's i think he of the guys in the draft was second uh in interceptions uh, i think he he had 11 interceptions in his career and um it, it's it's just uh, you don't get you don't find safeties that a lot of the time you don't find safeties that are, are really good at playing the ball uh, especially i mean uh, playing in zone, yeah, you'll get guys that are good, uh, like center fielders in that sense. But guys that can really uh, go man uh, man to man and uh, be with their guy and really play the ball that that's that's a guy that you really want on your defense. And so to so br- bring a guy with that kind of versatility into really any situation, I think uh, uh, is a home run pick. Uh, and yeah, just he's, looking, he's a guy that I've really uh, to build just two little hot tip along with Mario Cristobal at Oregon. Oh shit. Trust any defensive player that's coming out of there, man. I love Mario Cristobal in Oregon. Like I said, that mm-hmm. Kayvon uh, Thibodeau, that defensive end, I, I don't remember if he's going to the draft or returning, but as long as Cristobal is there, I'll trust anyone on the defensive side of the ball coming out of Oregon. Yeah. I think he's returning. Okay. Yeah, no. He's returning. And they have a they have a li- they have a linebacker who's a true freshman this year. I had seen some uh like high school film on and that's insane. Dude's gonna be a in stud. Is all I can say. I I, I don't I cannot remember his name, but we will know his name. I'm, t- I'm telling you, man. Keep an eye. Like it years. is still flashy Pac-12 football, but but keep an eye on Oregon, man. They're killing it. Oh, um, the safeties in this draft actually are pretty interesting. You know, most of them seem like they're going to be second round or later guys. You know, they could rise. Uh, Morig from TCU could rise. Uh, but yeah. just looking, I don't, I haven't gotten to watch Holland at all. But looking at his stats, uh, his first two years, nine picks. Um, sophomore year, he had four and a half tackles for loss. That just speaks to the versatility you're talking about. The dude can play anywhere. He can play around the line of scrimmage. He can make plays in coverage. I mean, that's exactly the type of safety they need to to play with Tracy Walker. So yeah. that would be perfect. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Quick plug yeah. for the Draft Network. They are amazing with their draft coverage. Um, I just I, I just got their uh, full uh, uh, like member. Um, yeah, yeah, subscription. Yeah, I, I don't know words very well, so thanks for picking up there, Joe. Um, I, uh, I I picked that up, and you know it's it's nice when you do the mock drafts. You can do trades. The computer actually offers you trades that are pretty realistic. Uh, and so that's nice to be able to do. Uh, you can offer trades, and it tells you the likelihood of them getting uh, uh, agreed upon. Their rankings are really good. They have, um, I think right now, 250 guys that have player profiles on them, like full profiles, and by the time the draft hits, there's going to be 400. So, I mean, as far as draft coverage goes, the Draft Network is the place to get uh, – Get your stuff, and they have a good uh, draft prod, uh, draft podcast. Uh, 
called yeah, draft dudes. Paid, I know I'm, right I'm now, giving like them would... the hugest plug in the world right now. But I mean, if you want to know, I'm paying that. I'm paying them. I better see them. some of that ad. Money. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, they no, are. I'm just kidding. It's oh for sure. Uh, hey, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take it away from you guys. No, but they're. They are. They're top notch, uh, especially if you're not. I mean, like. Like McShay, I think is good uh, as far as like, uh, like like certain positions. I think McShay really thrives in, and I think like same with Kuiper. But I think overall, if you just want a place to place to really get a a, a good idea of what this draft looks like, their draft network is uh, number one in my book. So uh, be sure to check them out uh, if you guys are doing any sort of uh, scouting on your guys. Joe, I guess last thing, if you have a pick at twenty. Uh, who's who's your guy at twenty? Because I the mock draft I just saw, Rashad yeah. Bateman out of Minnesota, wide receiver. Do you think wide receiver is a good pick in the first round, or do you think with how deep it is, you can get a guy in the second? No, I think because like I so, said, I, I said um, from Purdue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I the first yeah, round Rondell you have Moore. to go offensive line, right? Like yeah, like you said, the the wide receiver is deep enough. Uh, you know, they sit at fifty two in the second round. Like you can address that later, but. If if they end up still having the like first round pick at twenty, you got to go offensive lineman, and at that point it's just best available, right? Because um, Panisi Soul from Oregon, like he's gonna be gone. Like there's gonna be the dudes that we know that'll be gone will be gone. So at that point it's just best available, and it's got to be offensive lineman. Yeah, yeah. I mean you're gonna I have think guys Slater, like I think Slater, Slater Jalen Mayfield. I think he's gonna go top uh, fifteen. Vera Tucker. Uh, yeah, it's like, I've heard Slater like, being talked about in the same. Like, you think so? Tier as Sewell, personally. Yeah, because Christian Christian Barrymore is also like there's going to be three guys yeah, I guess then, early uh, tackle wise that are going because yeah. Christian Bear or no I knew it uh, yeah Darius it's I, weird yeah, to have know, two Christians I got, I so the, closely ranked in the, in the same draft the, the I get tackle it. messed up there uh huh no like Charles but, Leno yeah. like I, again I don't hundred percent know what his it's like what kind of kind, but like they need to just upgrade it. What? Because he's left tackle. That's your guy, yeah. Man. I believe so. <laughs> your 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 guess is no. I think mind. so. Like it's 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 just bad because you can move Cody Cody Whitehair back to center. James Daniel, I think he's a guard. So like they just need to get tackles. But at that point, it doesn't matter. Like you just take a guy and you if you think that he can play where you want him to play, like. Positioning doesn't matter; just best available. If if they still had twenty, but I feel like they won't, because they're gonna yeah. overpay for somebody. It might yeah. not be Wentz, but they're gonna overpay yeah, that... for somebody. Yeah, wide receivers, uh, offensive tackles. McCaskey right now. I'm excited. This is a pretty deep draft, honestly. I, I will say, like, I get to the fifth round when I'm doing the mocks, and I get to the fifth round. Like, there are still guys there that like are are intriguing. I will say though. I, I mean, right Easy from the get-go, uh, Ben Mason, seventh-round pick, Lions, chuck it up. They're going to trade They're uh, going to trade for a sixth or a seventh. They're going to get Ben Mason. He's going to eat the most kneecaps in Lions history. I don't know. Uh, I might become a Lions fan. Oh, one, I think one thing we should see, just like, uh, where would you like to see J.J. Watt go? That's a big deal. I forgot. Yep. Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland. I'd love, I'd love to see yeah, him. But can Cleveland. you imagine, like, I know I had sent it to, to Noah and D'Angelo. When, when he was first released, and again, I worded it kind of confusing. I got ahead of myself, this football thing. Yeah, you made it sound like you – I thought like it was like – new. I thought you were breaking <laughs> no, news, No, but that Joe. hypothetical I was like, idea. Holy All shit. right, so um, 
Kellen. It, it was essentially yeah. He goes to uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like, can you imagine them that defense, dude? Uh, that'd be pretty fun. Exactly. Well, and yeah, all that, three Watt brothers playing but together. That makes that defense bananas. I don't know what the hell Pittsburgh is going to do with quarterback because Mason Rudolph. I mean, Ben's in. technically Josh still Dobbs, playing. I don't know he, why. Did he? He didn't retire. If I if Pittsburgh guy, he he hasn't retired. Yeah. Dude, yeah, this but, is a, this is know, a subject for a whole other pod. But if and, I'm Pittsburgh, I I call up I call up Dallas and I I call I call up Prescott's agent and I say, hey, you really you really want you really want to stay there? Yeah, dude. You want to you want to come you want to come with a championship because you. Dak seems like a Pittsburgh Tomlin kind of guy. If they were to get rid of Ben, because again, he if he stays, he's in the books for like forty-one. So I would assume there's some percentage of that they'd get back. But again, Mason Rudolph ain't the answer. I don't know why Josh Dobbs is still in the NFL, dude. He should like protect his brain. (laughs) That's what he does in his free time. Like, why is he still in the NFL? Yeah, that's wild. He just. Yeah, but he, he doesn't have to protect his brain. He doesn't yeah. get on the field. He's just chilling. He's like, chilling. Yes, getting he's, a nice he's too smart. He's so much exactly. smarter than the end. You know let what I'm saying? Make those, good for him. Millions of dollars and then go study rocks. Yeah. It's brilliant. He was all right at he Tennessee. Was good. I enjoyed him at Tennessee. Yeah. The dude can play, but. So, yeah. Hey, all I can say Absolutely. is I'm glad we made a new anchor room because we would have definitely went over the two hour limit that they had uh, because we talked right, way real- too much in pre show. And we are now sitting at 97 minutes. Yeah, real Joe, quick, because just like looking gotta, at backgrounds, like here, I'll go back to kind of how it was before a little bit. I can't help but laugh. Like everybody, like you can tell like D'Angelo's like done this because he's nice, clean, professional, like good lighting. <laughs> like he's looking great. Kellen, what's going on? He's got a blank wall. You, like again, and like you just got the flag. I'm sitting here. I, I got. I forgot how to. I got a chew bag there. I got my bears and then. Uh, I think you'll be able to see a little bit of the Cubs. I got the American flag. I have yeah, are you lighting like I'm sitting in a dungeon? Are you in a dungeon? Are you I okay? In a basement, just like with a bunch of snow. I don't know. I... Well, yeah. No, there's. I have a light fixture with four bulbs and only two work. And again, they're in the absolute opposite direction <laughs> of like where I need light. It's like on my bed and like where my dresser and shit is at to like find clothes. Luckily, we're not a video podcast. No, but you could. uh, Your secret's safe with us. I get it would be confusing, but like, dude, we may as well, man. Because like, people they listen to podcasts, and I get we we have like ten, but you know, hey, people listen to podcasts in their car. They're doing chores, so you need the audio. Some people like to sit watch it on YouTube, so we may as well do both. Now, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I get that it could be audio could get tricky because like I have an actual. Oh well, normally my. My old computer, I always would get kicked out of my Zoom rooms like halfway through or something, and I have to get brought back in. But it didn't kick us uh, off. This is the first time I've stayed in a Zoom meeting. This and it's been almost two and a. No, yeah, and that's so. I mean, that's uh, that's good. I just uh, maybe we can maybe we'll do that for the next one. We'll we'll do, uh, and then we can get uh, some new mics. Maybe get a a mic in there. Make a little more professional sounding. Uh oh! I don't see that because this is a podcast, it? Joe. We, I'm like, oh, we see it. It is a nice mic, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm it's, a nice mi- it's a nice mic. It's a nice mic. The listener, this last five minutes was getting cut anyway, so I just, I figured we would do it. We would do the ending, and then it, this yeah. little bit We're would get cut it. out. 
Hold on. You want, you want to see the, the latest Nerf gun yeah. I bought, too? It's fucking sick. You know, you know what, Joe? Will you can show us that uh, when we're done here. So Die I'm gonna wrap this up. Appreciate. If you guys are still listening, y'all are the best. Um, we'll uh, yeah. Next week we might have some news on uh, more news on Blake where he went. Uh, maybe uh, some more some more draft coverage for you guys. Please. And 